Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to On The Mat. I am Kyle Klingman of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Dan Gable Museum, joined by Chewbacca, Doug Van Gelder. Well, rest in peace, Chewbacca. That's your dog and a character in a movie, which I'm sure you I was familiar. never that tall. I always dreamed about being that tall, but it just never worked out. There's not much you can do about that except get a ladder. <laughs> what, what character would you be in Star Wars? Star Wars? Wow. I have no clue. You don't I'd like to think I'd be Han Solo, but... I'd be I, think, I think Han Solo. I'd be Luke. Luke Skywalker? Yeah, I'd be Luke Skywalker. Huh. That might not be a bad... How about Yoda? <laughs> You'd make a good Yoda, Doug. Would I? Yeah, you would be. You're, you're wise. Wise, wis- wis- you know, full of wisdom. Yeah. You forget some things, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, your wisdom just carries on. <laughs> Your wisdom just carries on. But we have a shortened show today. We have a Cubs pregame, so that means we get to talk about a lot in a little amount of time. We have one guest, someone that we've never had on. I don't think he's No, been on I don't the show. think we have either. I was thinking about that and I wondered why we hadn't, but uh should be a great interview. It should be, and we've I know I tried I like this, one, one time, but this is this is the this is the kind of turnaround that I wanted to see, and that's what the new rules have done, I believe. Oh, I, he, he won't admit it. We're talking about Brent Metcalf is going to be on the program. He's going to represent the United States at the World Championships in September. He's the guy that we talked about last week that really you identify with the Brands era. Brent Metcalf yep. Yep. personifies Brands era wrestling, two-time NCAA champion for the University of Iowa. He's going to be our lone guest on the program. But you're right. If there's one guy that's benefited from the rules, and I guarantee if we ask him about that, he's going to say, it doesn't matter. i got to win either way. But we get to see things from a different point of view. We get to look at it from an analytical point of view. I'm saying the rules benefited Brent Metcalf. Big time. Well, I think it just more suited his style. And he still had to do the work and everything. You know, I'm not saying that oh, they changed the rules so that made it easier for Brent Metcalf. Correct. I'm just saying uh, that fits his style, and that's... Uh, it's it's a style that we've come to appreciate more and more, and I you know it was to me it was inexplicable why he couldn't couldn't uh, break into the world team or the Olympic team before this, uh, you know not even be able to qualify the weight for the for the Olympics. I mean it's just to me that says how bad the rules were before. Well, he's made one world team. He made it two years ago or three years ago, excuse me. So he's made a world team. But 
clearly I think these rules inhibit, quote-unquote, an Iowa style wrestler. I, I think when you get down to the leg clinch, although it did benefit Doug Schwab, the, the one year he made the world team, he actually got, I think, close to tech falled in the first period, but then he came back and he won st- straight periods. So y- you can use it to your advantage, and I think that for a guy like Brent Metcalf going against guys that uh, that were a little more savvy, and, I, and, and you can tell by watching him at the World Team Trials that he's more of a savvy wrestler. He understands the, the concept of freestyle, and he's getting better. As the results show at the uh, Sarkishan Cup in Armenia, uh, here's a guy who uh, who goes five and zero on uh, on the day, has some big wins against a uh, a world silver medalist from a couple years ago, and goes five and zero wins along with uh, Jordan Burroughs and Clayton Foster, and I'll tell you what, if you ever doubted that Jordan Burroughs knows how to win in the clutch under hostile conditions, you need to go and watch the second period. They have it on the mat.com. It was fascinating to watch. It was let's see, tied five to five. And Jordan Burroughs, of course, 2012 Olympic champion, 2011 world champion, absolutely willed himself to win that match. Absolutely willed himself. He got a takedown late in the match, was up 7-5, to five, and then got uh, pushed out to, to win 7-6. to six. But uh, Brent, Brent Metcalf and Jordan Burroughs really personify what the United States is aspiring to do, and that's just win those gutty matches. And I think Jordan Burroughs did that. I don't know if you had a chance to watch no, that. No, I haven't either, watched right? that. Uh, the win streak's up to 60 now. 60 wins now for Jordan Burroughs. Hasn't <clears> lost <throat> since college. Uh, in a, a match that uh, he got injured against Steve Brown of Central Michigan. 2009 was the last time this guy lost. So we're in 2013. He hasn't lost in that long of a time. And he got tested and he came through. And I think that uh, that's where you see where these great champions really are mentally is, was when you face some adversity, which he did wish I could have seen what happened in the first period because he was down four to three going into the second period, but he came back and, and like I say, willed his way to win that match and won in the final. So congratulations to those three athletes. And again, we're going to have Brent Metcalf uh, winner of that tournament on the program in a few minutes and Brent Metcalf will represent the United States at 145 and a half pounds at the world championships in freestyle wrestling in September in uh, Budapest, Hungary. I uh, also want to make sure we mention that if anyone is interested in going, I'd like to see Doug get out there if at all possible. That would really make it a wrestling night, but the Waterloo Bucks are going to host I'm wrestling. Gonna be there. You're coming? Yep. Ruth Fantastic. and I and probably the granddaughters. So. Fantastic. We get uh, Doug at wrestling night and you might be able to hear uh Doug's famous bellow and uh, yelling at the uh, this time the umps instead of the referees, but uh, get out there wrestling night. Get a chance to recognize five people: Jim Miller, of course we know about Jim, ten-time national championship coach from Wartburg. He's a native of Waterloo. Wrestle at Waterloo East. He's Tyler. in the Optimus Baller, Waterloo Optimus uh, Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, and I think what's his story? He got in there before Gable. Gable, yeah, yeah he got in there before Gable. <laughs> and uh, Tolly Thompson's going to be recognized. Kyvan Gadsden, Ryan Loader, who was uh, Northern Iowa's most recent All-American. Someone asked why David Bonet was not honored too. We tried to get him, but uh, he was out of town, so we He's don't. He's probably get a re- wrestling alligator somewhere. He could be. And then uh, Quentin Wright or uh, Quentin uh, from uh, Waterloo East. He. Uh, Wrestled at uh, Waterloo East was an All American for uh, uh, Kyvan? No, Kyvan Gadsoon, I mentioned, 
but uh, Quentin Haynes wrestles at Grandview. Oh, okay. And uh, was a state place winner. And we're going to get a chance to recognize him. And then we get a little wrestling demonstration on the on the grass behind home plate. So Couldn't get uh, Eric Thompson, huh? Uh, I, you know, I didn't even think of it until you said it right now. Uh, I think we were thinking of more local community people. Well, call Dolly and see if he can bring his nephew along. That would be cool. I I wish I would have thought of that. Maybe they could have a match. Call me out on the air on that. I like that. That would be fun to have Tolly and Eric, uh, have a match, have a match. That would be pretty cool. But, uh, next year for sure. I mean, uh, Eric Thompson's won two NAIA championships and, uh, what a, what a phenomenal story he is to, to come through and keep keep wrestling an extremely interesting story it is and uh we he's planning on going to the wwe from from all indications and and take that next step in a a unique profession to say the least yeah so it's gonna be fun uh as we uh kind of go into our shortened show doug uh thoughts about uh world championships we have that coming up i know that uh it would be a fun tournament to get to, and they have this uh, rally for wrestling in Georgia. I don't know if you've read about this, but this is going to be a unique event. There's a send-off. It's really kind of a push for before they go out to the uh, the World Championships to really make sure that we give that push for Olympic wrestling. You feel like there's momentum right now for uh, for the Olympic movement for 2020? I think there is. You know, it's the state the the case has been stated very clearly i think it's been kept out there people aren't just saying oh it's going to happen they're still after it you know trying to make these uh make sure that we do get included in 2020 and beyond and uh i think the biggest test is going to be after they make that decision can we keep it rolling then exactly change the whole culture behind wrestling in this country yep well you know that uh the culture in iowa is good and you know that uh the culture of the University of Iowa wrestling program is especially good when I get excited when they have a press release t- telling us the schedule for the University of Iowa. Uh, what, what other program does that happen where you get excited and you're like, wow, what, who's Iowa going to wrestle or what teams are, are Iowa going to wrestle? Uh, noticeably absent this year on the Iowa schedule. I think you always look at who they're going to wrestle and then the teams they aren't going to wrestle. Uh, Northern Iowa, I don't see on here. They're going to wrestle Northern Iowa again for the second year in a row. And then uh, Penn State, they aren't wrestling Penn State. But I think part of that is because of the expansion of, of the, the Big Ten. Big Ten yeah. But philosophically, I don't know what the rules are and what the Big Ten says you have to do to wrestle other teams. But for the sport, to not have Penn State versus Iowa, not a good thing. Not no, a good thing. I mean, you ha- that, that's the really the premier matchup right now that everyone wants to see. And with Tom Brands and Kale Sanderson being world team coaches this year, I think it makes the uh, the rivalry even more exciting. And uh, I'm just sad that that uh, can't be on the on the schedule. But they wrestle what? Buffalo, Oklahoma State, uh, Big Ten opponents, Michigan State, Indiana, Minnesota, and Michigan are also on the home schedule. What's going to be happening with the national duels this year? Any information on that? As far yet? as I know, they're not having it. I thought I thought we t- kind of talked about that, but yeah, they are not, uh, to my knowledge, having the national duels. So, kind of a a bum deal that uh, that couldn't come through. So I think they're taking a reprieve on that, and maybe uh, analyzing it and seeing what uh, what they can do in the future. So really, there's a whole whirlwind of things that are going on in the sport, not only with the Olympic side of it, but the collegiate side too. On what's the future? And one of the things that we've talked about is we've got to get more exposure for these athletes. You know, maybe the NCAA needs to look at their uh, limitations that they've placed upon how many matches you can do each year for each school. 
Well, I mean, it's a <laughs> it's a tough it's a tough battle right now because right now, even with this, the the dual meets take a different meaning. Uh, you're just looking at these uh, this University of Iowa schedule, which does include the Midlands. They took a reprieve from the Midlands as well, and they also have Iowa State on the schedule too. But uh, wow, it's uh, it's pretty interesting to think that you go to a dual meet. It really does come down to just you want to be entertained and see uh, see two teams go at it. Does it count for the seeding? Yes, it does. But on the whole, it doesn't really count for much, and we really do need to change that. So the cream always comes to the top. Hopefully, hopefully we'll uh, we'll see how that happens. Uh, we're gonna have our first guest. Uh, we have one guest because of the Cubs pregame. His name's Brent Metcalf. We've wanted him on. For a long time, the show has been going since 2007. This is our first time to have a true Iowa legend. Brent Metcalf will be next on the mat on 1650 The Fan, KCNZ. If you are a business owner, CEO, or in charge of growing your company's sales, you will want to take a minute and listen in. Phil Aiken is with CoreComp Advisors, and he has some great tips on how you can build your business. Jim, we've spoken about awareness and comprehension. This time, I'd like to focus on conviction. What do you mean, conviction? Conviction means we offer something that creates action, something that goes beyond the tipping point and gets them to do something right now. You mean by the product? It may mean that, but it could also mean they schedule a product demonstration, a sales call, or even attend an open house, a special event, or something you invite them to. It's the start of filling the sales pipeline. Phil, where can people find out more about how you help companies grow? Well, just go to our website, corecompadvisors.com. That's C-O-R-E-C-O-M-P, advisors.com. We are a performance-based firm, which means we only charge a small portion of your business's actual growth for our services. If you want to work with someone to grow your business that only gets paid based on results, then visit corecompadvisors.com. You can also connect to Phil Aiken on LinkedIn. Whether you're a truck owner or not, everybody loves trucks, and at Rolling Ford, we've got trucks. Hi, I'm Greg Stockdale from Rolling Ford and Shell Rock. Today's Ford truck is an entirely different animal, the perfect balance between economy and power. Ford trucks do it all. Being able to haul a 3,100-pound payload at 420 foot-pounds of torque and add 365 horse in the comfort of your Super Crew F-150 while taking a business call hands-free, now that's a truck. Throw in 22 miles a gallon on the highway with our EcoBoost engine, and now we're really talking the best of both worlds. At Rolling Ford, we love trucks, and you're going to love how easy it is to drive one home today. It's a short drive from where you live, but so worth it. Service, value, and a fair deal is what's made us the fastest-growing Ford dealership in eastern Iowa. Rolling Ford, right off Highway 3 in Shell Rock, the destination Ford store, where you'll really like how you're treated. We get you It's November 15th. You're trying to book a company holiday party, but every weekend is packed with activities for your staff. This time of the year is so busy. Good thing it's August. Your solution, a summer corporate golf outing for your staff at Fox Ridge Golf Course. Packages available with everything you need for a fun outing, including prizes, all at a discount. With beautiful banquet facilities, meals prepared by in-house chef Kale, and instant live scoring results, your staff will look forward to this party year after year. Call Mike at Fox Ridge to learn more. Fox Ridge Golf Course in Dyke. We're back on the mat, 1650 The Fan, KCNZ. I'm Kyle Klingman of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame, Dan Gable Museum. We have one guest tonight on our shortened show. Make sure to stay in tune for the Cubs pregame. But our one and only guest, someone we've wanted to have on for a long time, Doug, 
two-time NSA champion from the University of Iowa. He's going to represent the United States at the World Championships in Budapest, Hungary in September. His name is Brent Metcalf. Welcome to the program, Brent. Hey, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? You got back from an uh, international tournament. Uh, you won this tournament, went 5-0. and Looked like you uh, you wrestled well looking at the results. Tell us about uh, your feelings on winning a tournament and how that makes you feel going into the World Championships in September. Yeah, it was a good uh, trip. We went over to Russia and trained with uh, Russia, the Russian national team for about a week and a half. Um, and then we flew to Armenia and wrestled a tournament. I wrestled a wrestler and beat the world show medalist in 2000, from 2010, the last time I wrestled the world championships. And then I wrestled the uh, the Georgian and the Kyrgyzstani. That'll be that'll be at the World Championships and beat both those guys. So it was good quality competition. I wrestled well, so for sure um, it, it, it's good to have wrestled those guys and beat them and, and feel good about going into this. Um, additionally, I think just spending more time wrestling under these new rules is going to help. You know, and I think all around as a whole, our, our, we did a good job, and um, it will just add to, I think, our, our team's strength in September. Let's talk about those new rules, because in 2012, there was an interesting moment where you were wrestling in the, the finals of the Olympic trials against Jared Freyer, and because there was a little confusion on what the rules were, you got to take down late, and everyone was cheering, and the Carver Hawkeye crowd was into it. But because he had a higher move total, two points to, to two one point moves, he won the match. Uh, were you aware of what was going on that the crowd had got excited, and uh, and what was taking place during that moment in the Olympic trials? Actually, I was. I remember the cheer, and then I remember kind of shaking my head, trying to say, "Calm down," you know, because I I knew what I needed, you know. Um, and that's just, that's just, uh, it's, it's part of the sport. You know, that rule is still intact. The only difference is, is it takes down two points now. So it takes down wins that match, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I do remember that. It haunts me. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, does it haunt you in a good way, though, where it motivates you as you go into this next Olympic cycle? Yeah, yep, absolutely, yep. You don't can't forget about that, and I think going into these world championships here, I think, you know, one thing that's made on my mind is in 2010, I think uh, you go through it and you, I, I made the team, and in the back of your head you're thinking, well, I'm going to make it in 11 and 12, and you're thinking about these opportunities you're going to have, and then now I'm here in 13, and I haven't given myself another opportunity. So here I am. I give myself the opportunity at 13, and I really want to take advantage of it. Talking with Brent Metcalf, two-time NCAA champion from the University of Iowa. He's going to represent the United States at the World Championships in September in Budapest, Hungary at 145.5 pounds. Just won a major international tournament. And I want to go back to something you talked about where you said you trained with the Russian national team. What does that look like? Do you feel like that kind of tips your hand? Do you feel like you're able to learn from the Russian national team? How does that work, working out with uh, kind of the, the opposition? I think um, you take you just take little things from them, you know. Um, just maybe little things they do, ways they train, things like that. Um, probably not techniques because this far into their careers, they're not not live techniques based. You know, it's just conditioning and hard wrestling sort of things is what you go through. Um, 
But you take you take what you can from them. You, you learn maybe different ways they train or different things that they do. Um, to just help yourself if you want. But I think I've always been more about uh, focusing on yourself, making sure you, you get what you need, um, and you know, not not really necessarily worried about what they're doing and maybe. I don't know. You don't go there and try to try to learn their moves, sort of thing. You know, you go in there and you whip their butt, and then you send them a message to them. And then when they got you first round in the world championships, you hope that you know they got something in the back of their mind that they're wishing they didn't have you. Talk about the atmosphere of the arena. I got a chance to see the the last period of Jordan Burroughs' match. Looked like it was a a pretty good crowd, hostile territory. I think it's something that you would thrive in. Uh, tell us what it was like wrestling in uh, in an overseas tournament like that. Um, it was good. They 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 did have a pretty good uh, turnout for the finals, and um, you know I think that the, what you saw with the Burroughs match was a lot of excitement because of. It's Jordan Burroughs out on that, and because he was losing with 20 seconds left to go, um, so I think that's where a lot of the excitement came. But they, uh, the Armenians, put on a good tournament. They, they definitely had their stands packed. I don't know, maybe there was a thousand people there. I don't really know um, exactly how many, but it was good. It was good atmosphere, and I think anytime you step out there against foreign competition, like I said, you want to send a message to them, and you want to represent yourself in your country well so and uh next step your next tournament is going to be the the world championships i believe what are the steps to make sure that you're prepared this year versus 2010 when you made the world team to make sure you're in that position to win the world championships just continue doing what i'm doing um i'm the shape is great technique is great you, you can always add little things here and there but we're our time gets short here so you're not going to make any huge jumps you're not looking to make huge jumps just keep yourself healthy Keep your mind healthy, um, positive, looking forward to that tournament. And I think the biggest change or the biggest thing I can do is just go and and wrestle and do what I've been doing. I've been doing a pretty good job. And um, just go, you know, I've said it before, just go out and let it fly. You know, that's what's going to give me the success that I want is to go out and just wrestle and um, not worry about, you know, just the big events or this, this, and that. Um, sort of thing so I feel good I've, I've competed against just about I feel like I've probably competed against about anybody you know that I'll have or at least I've seen the guy or I've seen him in a tournament or I've wrestled in practice so I have had a lot of great experience over the last uh, three years here and um, you know just go out and execute and, and finish and get tough and make these guys feel you I know you have to win under any circumstances, whether the rules are to your liking or not, but when those new rules came out and it really got back to the true intent of the sport, did it feel good and, and did it give you kind of a, a fresh perspective on the sport a little bit? Um, it was good because, just because I think the biggest thing is, I mean, they're dealing with some goofy things with the rules again, which is frustrating, but, you know, the, the most positive thing to me is just the fact that we you got one one score. It's one match, not the period reset. I think that <clears throat> from a purist point of view, and, and I'm kind of along those lines of belief, and that's the way that I was raised, is that you, you need those six minutes because it's the way we wrestle. You know, what happens in the first minute counts for what happens in the last minute of the entire match. Um, 
and that's what makes wrestling great is that when a guy gets up on you, let's say you're down five points, you know, how do you handle that? You know, do you lose it and start doing stupid things and the next thing you know you're down ten and the match is over? Or do you chip away at it, chip away at it? And those are the things that you learn in the sport. Um, those are the things that make great champions and make great matches and make great stories, um, things of that nature. And then on the other side as well, <clears throat> when, when you're the guy up five, what, do, you, do you sit on it or do you build? Building the lead is what's going to really win you the match. Sitting on it is going to start chipping away at your lead. So those are the sort of things that I really love about the sport. And it maybe they're the things that the rule committee probably doesn't even think about. But I think from a fan perspective, and I know from an athlete perspective myself, you know, that's what I love about the sport. So we're back to that. So, you know, we had some other things that are kind of goofy that they're trying to do with the rules, but as long as it's a cumulative scoring, it doesn't matter to me how many points is a takedown. It doesn't matter how many points is a push-out or a turn. You know, those things can work themselves out. Um, and in the end, you know, it's not a it's not a very uh, clean system anyway. So as Americans, we, we've got... Uh, We've got something against us, and we got to know that and, and go out and wrestle under all circumstances as far as that goes. We are talking with Brent Metcalf, two-time NCAA champion from the University of Iowa. He's going to represent the United States at the World Championships in September at 145 and a half pounds. Brent, you came in to college with Tom Brands. He's still your day-to-day coach. How is Tom Brands different as a college coach and as a freestyle coach? Um, I think it's a role change. You know, you, they're, I think when he's your college coach, I think he's your coach, right? And as you grow up and mature and you're out of college, maybe the coach role disappears and now it's maybe more of a mentor and maybe now it's more of a um, a leader figure, you know, someone that you, because it's on you, you know, kind of at this this stage in, in, in a wrestler's career, it's on out of what you need on a daily basis. You know, you don't necessarily have, you know, you're not going to have a coach there that says, hey, you have to go and run two miles after workout gets done with, you know. Um, if that's something you need, then that's something you go and get. Whereas in college, I think the role of your coach is to be, is to teach you what you need, if that makes any sense. Yep. So that we have sense. a very good relationship, him and I. Um, and as you said, it has developed from 05 when he recruited me. And we're, I think we're pretty close, and I think um, what I get out of that relationship is mostly just is a very high standard um, and a very high expectation as far as training, as competition, as lifestyle goes, and that's what I need, and that's why I love Tom Brands, because he holds me accountable to those things that, that I need. So. All right, real quick before we uh, we run out of time here, I'm sure you and uh, Doug Schwab had battles in the rooms when uh, when he was down at the Univers- University of Iowa. Uh, how intense were those uh, matchups when you guys wrestled in uh, the Iowa wrestling room? Uh, they were good. You know, it, it was Schwab was a was a obviously a, a great mentor for me. He was he was there with me with Tom the entire way. You know, ever since Virginia Tech. Um, Difference is, is is the guy that I scrapped in the, in the room, you know, on a weekly basis. The difference is is that he's also a guy that I had to beat if I wanted to make the world or Olympic team, you know. 
Um, so there was obviously, you know, we, we scrapped hard, but I think there was a, there's a lot of respect there, um, at least from my end. There's a lot of respect for him, and um, I think kudos for him, at least the things that I could say great about him and as far as coaching and our workouts in the room is he, he helped me to develop a lot as far as um, having a guy who is super competitive in the room and if I want to be the best, the best, I've got that guy in the room. I mean, the 08 Olympian at my weight class is in my room, you know. So I had that, I'll call it luxury, I guess, that All he right. was there, hey. you know, that I got to train with him. Hate to do this to you, Brent. We are out of time, but thank you for being our lone okay. guest. We finally had you on the program. We enjoyed this. For Doug Van Gelder and Brent Metcalf, I'm Kyle Klingman. You've been listening to On the Mat on 1650 The Fan, KCNZ.